Where do I get my best ideas? This gun in my hand. Inutterable hero by virtue of the fact that he carries a gun, Falk Ziljan meets with his business manager, Gary McInder, at a location that must remain undisclosed because it would spoil a joke if you heard it at this point. Why did you want to meet here, Gary? You'll see. Trust me, Bubby. I had an idea for a 30-second ad spot for your show. It'll put your name on everybody's lips. It's almost hypnotic. They'll all tune in for your next show. What is it? I got things to do. The more you say somebody's name, the better people remember it. So, for example, a character says a few sentences about what you're like. It gives a hint about your unique abilities, but mainly it should give a sense of the tone of your show, what kind of attitude you have, what makes your personality magnetic. That's all summarized by Bill Narrator at the start of every episode. Falk Ziljan, indomitable hero by virtue of the fact that he carries a gun. Even if it's their first time tuning in, that tells listeners who I am and my personal philosophy of unrestricted gun ownership for heroes. Never mind. A character says one or two lines, then they say your name. Then someone else says your name. Then somebody else. Who can save us from tonight's special guest villain? We need Falk Ziljan. Falk Ziljan? Falk Ziljan. Falk Ziljan. Falk Ziljan. Bad gummies, Falk Ziljan. No way they'll forget your name after that. That sounds annoying. Anyway, Gary, why did you want to meet in this pet shop full of parrots? <laughs> Falk Ziljan. Falk Ziljan. These aren't parrots. They're minor birds. And I think cockatiels and uh, those ones are budgies. I didn't want to hire actors just for a demonstration. So I spent the last four weeks coming here and teaching them to say, Fuck Ziljan! Fuck Ziljan! Fuck Ziljan! Fuck Ziljan! Dead blasted! See, what I tell you? The audience will never forget you. The audience will never want to hear my name again. I don't want to hear my name after this. Nah, it's perfect. They're not even saying the name of the show. It's fine. You don't need the name of the show. Sometimes you get a catchphrase circulating and that spreads by word of mouth, like... Don't open that door, McGee. Or, who killed Laura Paper? Or, wanna buy a duck? Fog Ziljan? Fog Ziljan. How about this? Who's the greatest crime fighter in Parabellum City? Emerald Ashbora. Never mind, we can fix that in post. Let's get out of here. These birds are driving me batty. Gary, I don't have time for this. The Cherry Pachyderm is planning to broadcast instructions for a nuclear fission reaction that anybody can create with items found under their sink. He says he's democratizing energy production. He must be stopped. Is he at the WPBC studio? That's fine. I'll ride along with you and tell you some more of my ideas along the way. No, he's at his apartment. He's going to broadcast it on his shortwave radio show. Whoa, that's no good. The FCC doesn't want people broadcasting shows on shortwave. It's supposed to be for individuals or groups to communicate with one another. What's the difference if they format it like a show and anyone who knows his channel can tune in? Because it might be overlapping with legit radio channels. Small operators cause interference that way. So he could use his own frequency without infringing on anybody else's, and that solves it. But having it as a show would make them like a radio station that's trying to broadcast. Never mind whether the broadcast is legal. However he does it, I need to stop him. Hop in my DeSoto. I can get you there faster than the bus. Thanks. His place is in Hex Pantry. Four doors down from the plumbing supply place. I want to run another idea past you. It's a way to save money on writing commercials. Don't tell me you're using one of those robots or calculator routines. What do they call it? Intellectual artifice? No, those things cost money. I made a deal with a teacher at Parabellum City High School. The sophomore speech class. 
they already have this exercise where each student is given a random topic and they're supposed to talk about it for two minutes extemporaneously. Extemporaneously. Breaking that down to the Latin root words, tempus means time, ex means from or out of. My god, you're thrusting these children into some netherworld outside of time? It means talking about a subject off the top of your head, without preparation. Oh, right. In exchange for recording the students and playing their speeches on the radio, the teacher lets me provide the subjects for the speeches. So I just write down the names of products or services we need to advertise and let the kids blather about that junk. Listeners will think it's cute, and I don't have to pay some lousy ad man to write commercials. Everybody wins. High school sophomores. This will end in tears, Gary, if not lawsuits or FCC sanctions. What are you talking about? We'll return after this message from Cynthia Esselman of Mrs. Schiller's 10th grade speech class. What's my topic? Chili? Um, okay. There are many kinds of chili. You can make chili spicy or mild. Some people like it with beans. Some people don't have beans in it. Um, you can use ground beef, or you can use ribeye, or sometimes I think they use pork, or sausage. Or you can have white chili, which is chicken with some kind of pale beans, like lima or great northern beans, I guess. Uh, there are many kinds of chili peppers, uh, red ones and green ones. You can use chili powder if it's not the time of year where you can use fresh peppers. Um, hold on. Some people put vegetables like celery and tomatoes in it. Another, another thing is you'll probably have leftovers because you make a big pot of it. So then you can put some on a hot dog. That's really good. That's how I like it. But no onions on top, please. But you can cook onions in the chili. I just don't like them on full flavor on top. Go to Barney's Beanery today and order a bowl of chili. Or a cup. Can you step on it, Gary? I'm not a superhero, Falk. I can't race my car between taxis and up on the sidewalk like you people do. We'll get there. Now, since we got a few minutes, let me tell you an idea I had for an episode of your gun show. It opens with you and me discussing some threat. I was thinking a new villain, Steve. I know you hate things that take time away from crime fighting, so this story would only need you for two minutes at the start. Then me and the other actors finish the episode. It's a way of introducing me to your audience. Gary Mackinder, agent, business manager, secret agent. They already know you. You've appeared in four episodes and you've been mentioned in six others. Maybe you're busy with some bigger case, so you're delegating this job to me. You trust me to defeat Steve using my skills in business management, negotiation, and merchandising. The great part is I can use some of your new merchandise during the adventure. So in effect, we're advertising the stuff without even stopping the story. That's insidious. Who's this Steve you keep talking about? Gang leader. He's got no powers other than his ability to draw followers, who he calls Steve-adores. There's so much wrong with this. From a crime-fighting perspective, the nice part about Steve is you can always locate his secret hideout by the members of the Longshoremen's Union picketing outside. They think the stevedores are scabs. We hardly get enough traffic on the riverfront to have a handful of workers unloading cargo. How are there enough to fill Steve's gang? It's got nothing to do with actual dock workers. It turns out Steve is kind of dumb. He thinks stevedores adore Steve's. So I put on my official Falk Ziljan accessories, I whip out my official Falk Ziljan gun, and before you know it, I take down all the stevedores along with Steve. Guns are not toys, Gary. If you haven't practiced and put in some time on the firing range, you could get yourself or someone else killed waving it around at people. I mean, you could kill someone you didn't intend to. In this case, it's literally a toy gun. But whatever, so I talk him down. No gun. Maybe it's better that way. The gun is your stick. 
Mine is talking circles around villains until they can't help but agree with my logic. Because the other sweet part of this deal is the episode works as a backdoor pilot for a spin-off. Mackinder, secret agent to the stars. You're serious? We have to get that flyboy involved? Who? The backdoor pilot. Oh, I forgot all about him. No, I mean the episode is... Never mind. If I get a spin-off, it boosts your reputation too, Falk. It means your show is popular enough to merit a spin-off. The Wordsmith and Informatrons program is already a spin-off. They seem pretty popular. Well, the more the merrier. Anyway, just set that aside for now. Let it ferment. Let's talk about the merchandise I've been working up for this gun in my hand. First thing, obviously, the gun. Right. Now you're talking. It's a squirt gun, shaped like your Heckler & Koch VP-70Z. But it's not just any squirt gun. It's transparent, and it has two chambers. One inner chamber holds the water to squirt at people. The outer chamber fills with ink when you squeeze a bulb or press a separate button on it. So it starts off see-through. You raise the gun like this, and your buddy playing a robber says, Who's gonna stop me? The kid playing Falk says, This gun in my hand. And he holds up his transparent invisible gun and presses the button. Ink fills the outside of it, so the gun seems to appear magically in his hand. Then he squirts the bad guy with water. I told you a million times, it doesn't appear magically. I'm just doing a quick draw. Why can't we make a toy that lets a kid do a quick draw? Well, we tried a squirt gun that fits up the kid's sleeve. It used the carriage return mechanism from an old typewriter strapped to the kid's inner arm. You press a button and it slides the gun into your hand at lightning speed. Great, let's do that. Nah, see, we tested it with chimpanzees and, unfortunately, in a few cases, it injured their fingers. It's sliding out too hard. But we'll keep working on it. I still think the invisible gun appearing in a kid's hand is a nice gimmick. We also have something every man, woman, and child is going to want if they listen to this gun in my hand. It's a gray fedora that says, Falk Ziljan on the hat band. I made sure they spelled it correctly. I don't mention wearing a hat in most episodes. If we were recording right now, they wouldn't know if I'm wearing anything at all. I could be sitting here in nothing but my socks and garters. We are recording right now. For the record, Falk is wearing his usual gray fedora, gray trench coat, beige slacks, uh, argyle socks, and black whatever kind of shoes. I don't memorize shoe brands or styles. I am also fully dressed. If someone's trying to dress like me, it's not like I go around wearing a hat with my own name on it. It's how these things are done, Falk. Bubby. Every private dick Tom and Harry wears a fedora these days. If it didn't have your name on it, people who saw it on a shelf in the store, how would they know it's supposed to be yours? Or they see somebody trying to dress up as you for a costume ball, wearing a plain fedora. How does anybody else know that's supposed to be Falk Ziljan? I got a sample in the back seat. Try it on. Say, this is pretty good quality. I thought it'd be some kind of two-bit thing made out of Bakelite. Falk Ziljan stitched into the hatband in one-inch yellow letters. You don't like it? What am I, a coward? Why is it yellow letters? Yellow on a gray background. You need some contrast in order to make it legible. The yellow makes it pop. Anyway, you know, it's the same yellow as the background on that Don't Tread On Me flag with the rattlesnake. Ugh, I rest my case. I got one more item to show you. I think you're really gonna like this. What are you slowing down for? I'm pulling up to this bakery so you can see the display in the window. Read the sign. Win Falk Ziljan's two-way wrist radio. Just buy a baker's dozen donuts to be entered in the contest. You gotta be kidding me. What do people think of when they think of Falk Ziljan? They think of this gun in your hand. They think of the fedora. And they think of your two-way wrist radio. I've only used that in two or three episodes. It was a hand-me-down that Tracy gave me after he upgraded to a three-way wrist radio. Great, now Tracy's gonna sue us. That's his signature device. And why are you driving me out of the way to this stupid store when I told you Cherry Pachyderm is gonna broadcast instructions for how to blow up the city? 
Don't worry, we're right around the corner from his building. And anyway, I got the radio tuned to the Pachyderm's channel. You got a shortwave radio built into your car? Yeah, pretty soon everybody will have them. I don't hear anything except a hum. That's because he's not broadcasting. If he's talking into his microphone right now, he doesn't have it turned on. This is Cherry we're talking about. If he made plans to walk to the ice cream shop, he'd never get there because he'd stop halfway down the block to yell at the ants how they're a hoax perpetuated by big insecticide. Sorry about that, folks. I had my volume set too low on this thing. But here we go. You're listening to Cherry Pachyderm's InfoTree Radio Hour. The tree of information must be refreshed from time to time with the sap of citizen journalists, shortwave radio broadcasters, and tyrants. That's why I'm going to tell you how to create a nuclear fission reaction with household items you can find under your kitchen sink. We're too late. Step on it. Maybe I can stop him before he gives all the details. Keep listening. Preparation time, 15 minutes. Cooking time, 2 hours. Ingredients. 2 pounds of ground chuck. 4 tablespoons chili powder. A dash of Tabasco sauce? What is this? Where's my... Oh, this is the wrong formula. I'm sorry, folks. Give me a minute to find the right one. We gotta get up there and stop him. I got it handled. Look it. This is what he's looking for. I visited him yesterday and pulled the old switcheroo on him. Why didn't you tell me that in the first place? Because this way I got ten minutes with you as a captive audience to sound you out with my merchandise and show ideas. Cheese it. He's come out of his apartment building and he's walking straight past us. Hey, it's Folk Ziljan. And aren't you his manager? Gary Mackinder, agent to the stars. Hey, Cherry Packaderm. We were just listening to your show on the shortwave. You got shortwave wired into your car? Yeah, give it a year or two, everybody's gonna have them. Sorry about those technical difficulties on my show. I decided to shut it down for tonight and walk to the donut shop. Fancy meeting you here. Uh, yeah, we were just in the neighborhood. Falk, what's with the hat? Did your mom sew your name on it in case it gets lost? No, this is a sample of some hats we're selling. To promote the show. Why is it written in yellow? Somebody thinks you're a coward? Thank you. I told you, Gary. Yellow makes it pop. It contrasts with the gray background. Reminds me of that stupid flag with the rattlesnake. Merch and Destroy, episode 96 of This Gun in My Hand, was parroted by Rob Northrup. This episode and all others are available on YouTube with automatically generated closed captions of dialogue. Visit thisguninmyhand.blogspot.com for credits, show notes, archives, information on how to subscribe, and to buy the only official merchandise for This Gun in My Hand, a short story collection called Little Heist in the Big Woods and Other Revisionist Atrocities by Rob Northrup. Plunge back through your memories to episode 53, in which Falk reads these stories while riding the bus. You can read the same stories he raved about, only $2.99 in PDF format. Cheap! Not available in paper format until we get more demand for it, or any demand for it. Which item of clothing truly makes the hero? This gun in my hand. <laughs>